Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Coming up, started this stuff. So the title of my message today is multifaceted, multidimensional faith. Faith is multifaceted, it is multidimensional. First Timothy verse 1, 12 to 14. Actually, verse 14, but 12 introduces Paul talking to Timothy. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was probably, in Scripture, the most successful Christian. And that puts him at a very, very high level. I mean, Jesus said of all the men born to women, no one as great as John the Baptist, but anyone in his kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. So Paul was really up there. Okay? But Paul himself now, because he took Timothy as his mentee, was trying to show Timothy what the secret to my success was. And what did he say? First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Let me read from here. Actually, verse 14. It says, The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So an abundance of grace an abundance of faith, an abundance of love, all those things that were in Christ Jesus were poured out on me. So, hint, when you are praying, put this in there somewhere. When you are praying to God, say, God, the abundance of grace, the abundance of love, the abundance of faith that was in Christ Jesus, pour on me. Amen. Now, When you ask people, what is grace? You've heard it before. The unmerited favor of God. Yeah, but grace is much more than that. Grace is multifaceted. Grace is multidimensional. In fact, the book of, uh, I think, 1 Peter 4 talks about the grace and its various forms. So people trip over grace or think grace is a license to sin because they don't understand the dimensions of grace. I think Titus talks about grace teaches us to say no to sin. So grace is deeper than that. What about love? Love is more. In fact, love is so much that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3 that we should pray that we, together with all the saints, have the power to grasp how wide and long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. Again, multidimensional, multifaceted. So, I'm just saying all that to lead me up to faith. Because a lot of times we think of faith in one dimension. We say someone has great faith, 
if he prays for something now and it happens the next second, ah, that's a man of faith. Yeah, to some degree, but it's much more than that. It's much more than that. And, I'm, and I believe one of the reasons why God has me preaching this message is there are people who you've prayed one time, a second time, a third time, and it has not happened, and you just think, ah, this is hocus pocus, or I'm, or I'm not in faith, or whatever. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hallelujah. 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 Hmm. Ephesians 3 verse 10 talks about the many-sided wisdom of God. What I'm trying to get us to see is that things that have to do with God tend to be many-sided, complex, complicated. But we have the Holy Spirit to help us understand. Amen. All right. Let's go. Today is almost going to be like Bible study, but let's, let's open our Bibles. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. And let's start from where the writer of Hebrews begins with faith. Verse 32 says, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict of full suffering. So a conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted confiscation of your property because you knew you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Most of us, majority of people, once you get born again and serious with God, you're going to face some form of opposition, some persecution at that time. People are going to ridicule you. People are going to say, really? You really believe this stuff? Really? You are a member of, you know, it's going to come. It's going to come. One way or the other, they're going to come after you. You believe this stuff, or you believe, or, you know, else, whatever else that they have. But remember that in those times, we're all mature Christians here, that those times, you were just, for whatever reason, you were just willing to suffer. You're just like, you guys don't know, you know, but I, I know this God. And that's what the writer of Hebrews was saying here. But after a while, sometimes, when, especially when things are not happening at our, what we think is the right timeline, we begin to drop down. And that's why the, the writer says in 35, the same confidence you had then. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Faith is confidence. Do not throw it away. Hang in there. In fact, this is how Jesus describes faith. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, Jesus talks about a persistent widow and gives the story of a lady who was having issues, going to someone, going to someone, help me, help me, help me, but the person wasn't listening. And Jesus used that to tell a parable, a story. Verse 6, it says, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust just says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him 
day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that he get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he still find this kind of enduring, persistent, persevering faith? Someone who keeps on praying day and night, who doesn't quit, who continues and persists until it happens, until God answers, because you know God has to answer. You continue, you, you see what it says there? Day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. And if you go back to Hebrews 11, it talks about he who is coming will come. So when the Son of Man comes, when the answer to your prayer comes, when Jesus finally shows up, are you still going to be in faith? Remember the story of um, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. So the first prayer point went through. Jesus heard. But he decided to stay back. They kept on praying. They kept on praying. They kept on praying. But things got worse and worse and worse. And the man died. He who is coming will come and not delay. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? So then, the Son of Man showed up. He got there, and people were already crying. Things were happening. So Jesus had to just make sure that he could find faith. So he seeks out Martha and Mary. He gets to Mary and says, Mary, do you believe? Mary's like, yeah, I believe, you know. Again, as long as we are seeking, as long as you are persisting, your faith level may be here, but because you are still there, you are still praying, you're still having interactions with Jesus. Jesus will show up and bring your faith level here. The interesting thing about this is, and we'll see that in a minute, is that I noticed that even God himself operates by faith. That's the most shocking thing to me, at least when I was reading this, that, wait a minute, you are saying God operates by faith? Yeah, he does. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So if you're already seeing the thing, it's not faith. By definition, right? I mean, who believes for what they already have? You already have it. There's no... So we get that definition of faith in our head. So faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Note that. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then it goes on to say, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Well, I think NKJV would say the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So the universe was made by faith. 
So God, I don't even know how many years ago now, maybe millions, who knows. At some point, there was nothing. Then he speaks, believing that what he said will happen. It was by faith. So that tells me a characteristic of faith. Faith speaks. Faith always speaks. If you are confident about something, you talk about it. You speak about it. Faith speaks. Second Corinthians 4, 13 talks about because we have the spirit of faith, I believe, therefore I speak. We speak. That's why we do confession, offering confession. Because we believe you give faithfully. You give cheerfully. You give sacrificially. You are speaking those things into being. The God that calls those things that be not as though they were. So we're learning how God operates. What are you believing God for? What are you saying about it? Faith speaks. That is why God will have Abraham change his name from Abraham to Abraham. So that at least he can, when they ask, what is your name? I am father of many nations. I'm father of many nations. I'm father of many nations. He's speaking what his faith is saying about him. I believe um, we're in a series, The Prayer of Jabez. Let me plug in for... Um, Bible study on Wednesday. And because Jennifer was saying last Wednesday, talking about names, and people were really coming out with what their names mean. And you notice that people tend to live up to their names. That's why sometimes God has to change people's names, and sometimes you have to change your name. Again, faith speaks. All right. Now, but it doesn't stop there. See, if I just said, hey, you know, name it, claim it, you know, that's the issue sometimes. When you take that to an extreme, uh, what some people have called the word of faith movement, that's the extreme. That's where people, people are like, there's something here that's extreme. Because all you're doing is speaking, 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 speaking. And faith is, again, what I said, multifaceted, multidimensional. Yes, you should be speaking, but faith also works. Faith acts. There has to be corresponding action to what you are believing and what you are speaking. Now, I'm taking all this from God himself. If you don't read the Bible carefully, you will think that creation, God just spoke everything into being. And he just, so think about it for me for one second. He says on the first day, evening came, and I went, and then the next day. So, you mean it took God if you're just speaking, um, let there be light, and there was light, right? So if you just spoke it, and the thing came to be, and then the next, I mean, so, so something else must have been happening, right? Think about it for a second. On the next day, he was, he, he spoke, in fact, you know what? 
so that I don't, let's just let's just go to Genesis one or Genesis one for a second. So that's why I say if I'm 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 doing heresy here. Um, Genesis chapter one. Okay. Um, all right. Let's start from verse three. It says, and God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and He did what? Did you see that? So he spoke light into being, and then he went and started doing something. Separating light from darkness. He started acting. He started working. See? Genesis 2. This is what it says, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So he was working. If he was just speaking and things were coming into being, and that was all he was doing, either the speaking exerts some, which is possible, exerts some energy from him to bring those things about, but he definitely was working. I'm saying all that to say, if you are believing God for something, there's something you're reaching out for, to God for. There's usually some corresponding action that you should be doing. Most times. I'm saying these things so that our faith is not being short-circuited. You're not saying, but I prayed, but I'm believing God. And the Holy Spirit has been trying to tell you, get off your butt. Do this. Do this. A lot of times, even Jesus' miracles, he will tell them, get up. Right? Pick up your mat and walk. At least do something. Amen. Also, Faith operates with wisdom. <laughs> I don't know how many people who say they've had faith and they've done some very, very foolish things in the name of faith. Faith operates with wisdom. The faith of God operates with wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8. Describes this creation event, what God was doing. Verse 22. Talking about wisdom, it says, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago. At the very beginning, when the world came to be, when there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before you made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there, wisdom, when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary and so, so the waters could not have accepted its command, 
And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, I was there by his side. So God was doing all those things with wisdom, with wisdom, with wisdom. When Satan was tempting Jesus, he told Jesus, actually took Jesus up. How that happened, I don't even know, but that's another story for another day. Took Jesus up uh, some cliff and said, you know what? Jump off the cliff. Uh, the scripture that says God will sustain you and all that stuff, you know, the angels will be there and all that. Can you imagine? What do you think will have happened if he had actually jumped off that cliff? But thank Jesus he didn't do that. That's wisdom. You don't, I mean, because God has the power to do anything, doesn't mean he does anything. Otherwise, the world would be chaotic. There's order. There's wisdom. The way everything is set up. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The message is multifaceted, multidimensional faith. Amen. All right. One last thing I'm going to say about that. Hebrews, remember we're taking off from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2. When God showed me this, I was like, wow. This is really the lion and the lamb, as my brother shared earlier. It says, now faith, this is in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. He's saying this is what the ancestors were commended for, right? And then God includes himself. Did you see that? He's going to go through a list of people who walked in faith. And God includes himself in the human story. Think about that. God creates human beings and decides I'm going to be like one of them. That is the lamb, right? We talked about lion and the lamb. That's the lamb. He wants to include himself in your story. In your family story. To change trajectory. I believe I was in a class, I think last Tuesday, and somebody was talking about you know, we always talk about, oh, generational causes, generational causes, generational causes. God wants to intervene in your family to give you generational blessings. Yeah. He said that is what the ancients were commended for. As an author of scripture, I think Daniel 7, that talks about the ancient of days, the original ancient himself, God Almighty. Puts himself in the story. Hallelujah. So let's continue. Verse 4 of Hebrews 11 4 talks about by faith. Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith was committed as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. And I was like, okay, so what was the difference between Abel's offering and Cain's offering? If you know the story, Genesis chapter 4. 
It says at some point, you know, they all came. Now, again, by this time, they're operating by faith because it's not like Garden of Eden anymore. They lost that. So God doesn't even talk about Adam anymore in this story because they really didn't operate by faith. Each time God was there, they were seeing God. Remember, the definition is faith is confidence in what you do not see, right? What we hope for an assurance about what we do not see. So once you are seeing God, mm, so we move to those who are not seeing God, who cannot pray by faith. So now, for the first time, they are, nobody has done offering before. So you don't know what the rules are. They've never, I mean, no, God has not put down any law of requirements, right? But somehow they felt, okay, you know what, let's give God something, or at least let's show some appreciation. So Cain just gathered some stuff together. That's what scripture says, if you read Genesis chapter 5, and brings it to God. But Abel brings the firstborn, the most precious, brings it to God by faith, Right? When we give, we give by faith. That's why some people don't, they give and they are not giving in faith. And I'll tell you how. You're just like, you know, that offering, that church, you're just giving money to Pastor Gideon. Let me, okay, let me just give $10. Whatever. Uh, okay, they want to raise money for this. They're always raising money for something in church. Oh, they're always raising, I'm sorry. Let me, they're always raising something in church. But if the mindset is, I'm giving to God, who we are not seeing, right? But by faith, you are giving. It becomes a bit different, right? Your giving is very different if you really believe you are giving to God. It's, abs- it's very, very different. So that's what Abel was doing, by faith. The interesting thing, it says, by faith, it was commended as righteous. And I have a question here. Whose faith now? I think it's God. God is saying you are righteous by faith. Most of us, God is calling us righteous by his faith. God is believing you are righteous. Please join him in his belief. Hallelujah. And by faith, Hebel still speaks, even though he's dead. I'm still, me and the Holy Ghost, we're still going on this. But I, I, I think this, I think by faith there again, is still God's faith again. And I'll tell you why. A dead man is still speaking. Okay. Second Kings chapter 13 talks about a dead man who is raising the dead. Elisha was dead and gone, buried. In fact, it was now bones. It was the flesh is gone. So obviously this is years. So the people, you know, there's war somewhere, and people are just like, man, this guy got injured, and he's dead. You know, casualties of war, they just threw him, you know, because they too are running. So they just threw him, and he just happened to have contact with Elisha's bones. So definitely it wasn't the guys who were, there was no faith there. The guy is there, there's no faith anywhere. Elisha too is dead. So it has to be the faith of God. 
it has to be the faith of God. This multidimensional, multifaceted faith of God is, I believe, so God's faith is here. And a lot of times, he's just waiting for us to join him. He's waiting for us to just join him. Amen. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found <laughs> because God had taken him away. This guy is something else. The story is in, I think, Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, there about. It says, Enoch, for the first 65 years, he didn't do much, eventually gave birth to Methuselah. Okay. But then, for 300 years, this guy was walking with God faithfully, was seeking God. I mean, there's really not much else to talk about. This guy was just with God. So much so that God said, you know what? Come here. There are very few people who have not experienced death. Or at least have gone to heaven like that without passing through death. One of them is obviously Enoch. The other one is, uh, I think, Elijah, Bible study students. And for God to say the person in the kingdom is greater than all these people. Remember, scripture has to be has to balance. So there must be a Christian who has done it, right? And I'm talking to God. This was this morning. I'm like, God, I'm loving this. This is, this is Bible study on my own. This is great. It wasn't me. It's just him telling me, this is Holy Spirit now, because you're going through these thoughts. And it's like, yeah, Paul had the same experience. He went to heaven and then came back. These guys went to heaven and, well, okay, Elijah came back later, briefly. But Paul said he was taken to heaven, saw things, and God said, okay, okay, now go back without having to die. But that comes, if you walk with God daily for 300 years, I can guarantee you, you will go. <laughs> you will go. Hallelujah. Anyway, continue. It says, but before it was taken, it was commended as one who pleased God. And this is a fantastic definition for faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, to God, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's, you see, faith can't be linear. It can't be one dimension. Just believe that God exists. It's more than, in fact, let me tweak that a little bit. NKJV says, must believe that he is. Which is, literally he exists, that he is. Okay? But if God was the one saying that scripture, this is what God would say. And I'm sure Bible students will see what I'm saying. It says, for without faith, it is impossible to please me. If that was God now speaking. Because anyone who comes to me must believe that I am. Before Abraham was, Jesus said, I am. That, so it takes it deeper. All right, but I'll leave that alone. Okay? Not only must you believe that he exists, but you must believe that he rewards those who seek him. You must trust his nature as a good God, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. 
day in, day out, you are always seeking after him. Always seeking after him, looking for him. You're not looking for him necessarily because of a job or because you want some money or because you want children, family, wives, husbands, whatever else you're looking for. But you are seeking him for him, knowing fully well that he is a rewarder. There are men, and I'm sure we know these stories in this house, like I of worship, people who faithfully serve in this place, people who are worshiping, you just know. And you can just see things falling in place in their lives. <laughs> falling in place. Better than they even ever dreamed of. Because God is a rewarder. The number one thing that the devil tries to get at is your be not believing that God exists. I mean, very few people, a few atheists go down that line. No. is that God's intention for you. That God is not a rewarder. God is not seeing you. That is the thing. The temptation in, uh, in the garden, she, God, I mean, sorry, Satan was able to get Eve to believe that God was trying to shortchange her. And once she fell for that premise, it was over. It was a wrap. You have to believe that God is a rewarder. If you don't take any mess, anything that I've been saying today, Take this one. God exists. I mean, if not, you won't be on this church. If you're watching me online, I'm sure you won't be watching me online if you don't think God exists. But take it to another level. That God is a rewarder. He rewards. And his rewards, you can't even, I mean, you can't even begin to pray for. You don't know, I mean, you're, he just needs you to come up a little bit. His reward is here. His faith is here. His faith level is here. He just needs you to come up a little bit to believe that he is a rewarder. He will not let you down. Just continue to seek. Continue to push. Continue to press. He says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. You will find me. By faith, Noah... When one about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. I think NLT talks about things that never happened before. There have never been a flood that time, and they were living in, in the land. But he believed. This is another side of faith. Do you believe the rapture is going to happen? It has never happened before. If you think about it, it sounds crazy, right? People will be in the plane, and somehow psh, they are gone. I mean, if your, if your pilot is a born-again Christian, and it's well, okay, there are planes now that are autopilot. So I guess automatically you go on autopilot. You know, it sounds crazy, but it's going to happen. It's never happened before, but it will. He believed and became the heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. It's a long chapter, so we'll end wherever we can end as we go on. But let me introduce this here because it talks about the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. There's another portion of scripture that talks about, remember I told you about Abel and God saying he's righteous based on his faith? You see, it introduces that concept again with Noah here. Righteousness, faith. Abraham is the classic on this one. Abraham believed God's promise. And God said, you know what? Because you believe me, you are righteous. Once you believe what God is saying about you, you are righteous. 
Don't let the devil trick you with the games he plays in his mind. You're not worthy. You sinned yesterday. You're not going to qualify for this. The moment you believe God for a promise. Remember the, the story was God just told him you're going to have children. And he believed God. That's it. It had even nothing to do with righteousness. And God said, you know what? I'm going to credit you with righteousness. Amen. Let me talk about Abraham real quick since he's the, he's the father of faith and then we'll close. It says, by faith Abraham went called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. And even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. Heirs with him of the same promise. So faith trusts and follows God blindly. God said, just go. And he went. Faith looks forward to heaven. Faith looks forward to heaven. You can't say you have faith for something and part of your faith isn't that heaven is real. They, even though they had the promises, they had the promised land, they could have built a mansion in there. They were living in tents because they were looking for a perfect city built by God. In essence, and I'm sure you guys will understand this, at least most people would, they were looking for their own Wakanda. Better than Wakanda. Far better than Wakanda. A city built and designed by God. That has to be the all, that has to be where our faith is. Finally, it talks about Sarah. And it says, and by faith, even Sarah, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. See, that's the nature of God. She said, you know what? God is faithful. He is faithful. He will not let me down. He has promised he is a faithful God. That's the nature of God. Once you trust God's nature, no matter what happens around you, you're just like, you know what? I know God. He is a good God. He is faithful. And because of that, from that one man, he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Amen. Hmm. Verse 32, and what more shall I say to Nodemi? I do not have time to tell about. Time is going. <laughs> Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies, Women received their, back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, 
refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. See, sometimes we think faith is all, all rosy. But look at what it describes there. People who are tortured, refusing to be released, that they might gain an even better resurrection. That is faith. I mean, they offer you, you know what? We'll let, I mean, ISIS, if they still exist, capture somebody and they say, you know what, we'll let you go, renounce your faith. And like, you know what, just kill me. You know, I'm just, I'm going to go meet with Jesus anyway. I'm going to get a better resurrection. That is faith. That is faith. Some of us will be like, ah, maybe God is answering my prayer. No. That is faith. Some face jails and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They were treated, and this is what it says, the world was not worthy of them. That's the way God sees it. But finally, and I'll close now, Hebrews 12 says we are surrounded by all these people, a great cloud of witnesses, people cheering you on. All these people I've mentioned, they are there, they are seeing you, they are looking down and say, go for it. God is faithful. God has the power. Keep on believing. Keep on seeking him. Just go for it. Go for it. You will get the same reward. Go for it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. Our faith starts with him. Remember I said faith starts with God? He's also the one who perfects it. So if you are believing God for something and just like, man, I don't know what's going to happen, just keep seeking. God will perfect that thing. Can we pray? Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, for these words. Thank you for this revelation. Lord, I thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for helping me to speak. Thank you for the things that have been said. Lord God Almighty, the grace to believe you even in the dark times, the grace to know that you are a rewarder of those who earnestly seek you. Father, we ask for that grace. Father, for as many here who are watching me online who have been discouraged, who you have been asking for things for a very long time. Father God Almighty, you said who is coming will come and not delay. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you show up. Do not delay. Father, today, Father, today let this be the day of salvation. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.